2: Featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, how you doing? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Iron Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in today. The audio side, the video side. I am joined, you know what, I can't say as always. On Wednesdays because we keep jumping around on days. For the foreseeable future, though, for a while anyway. Yes. My man Aaron Quinn from Cover One is going to be with me. What's going on? Dude, last week, I remember this. I don't know if you do. We were barely got through last week's episode because we were sniffling and coughing. Mm. I feel good physically. Like, I don't feel sick. Like, I don't have a fever. I just cannot shake. The sniffles, my, my runny nose, uh, phlegmy, coffin. Oh, it's, it's annoying. It feels like this has been going on for not even just weeks at this point, months, man. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling? Feeling yeah. better? Yeah, we're all
1: right. Uh, my house is full of a very weird level of I think we all feel good. My kids are running around like they feel fine. Um, I feel good like I'm still doing my normal stuff my routines I'm not going to bed earlier or anything but yeah there's like a consistent sort of cough but it's not um, it's not present enough for us like go to the doctor or do anything it's weird you know what I mean I don't think that there's anything that we have that's contagious or viral or anything like that it's dry this time of year man my kid I felt bad we had a karate uh, yesterday and he was just doing his regular karate didn't get hit in the face or anything he his nose bleeds pretty easily. Like mm-hmm. he used to pick it and it would bleed, but now he doesn't even pick it. And it just, he's got easy nosebleeds, especially when it gets dry and he bled all over his karate stuff, felt bad. Um, but it's just really dry. We run humidifiers this time of year, still waking up dry. It's those forced air heat. Like I'll admit, I don't, uh, vacuum ours out every year and get it cleaned every year. And so that stuff just kicks up. I don't know, man. That's <clears throat> no matter what we do, I got a scratchy throat right now still.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I can't, hopefully I don't sound gross like I did last week, you know, hacking up a lung or whatever when I'm uh, trying to talk. My buddy who lived in Florida, he moved down to Florida not long after I did. You were, you know what? You remember around last October, I was telling you about a good friend of mine, one of my best friends who had stage four cancer and we had a big benefit. You remember mm-hmm. that like last October. Well, he moved back. He, in fact, he literally yesterday, we're taping this Tuesday morning, so Monday night he got back in. He drove from Florida. He's back here for good. I'm like, how's it? Great to see you. Great to see you. He's doing pretty good, man. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. So far. So good. You know, all the chemo and stuff is it's worked He's Awesome. He's, he's doing pretty good for now. Um, anyway, uh, I was like, good luck, dude. This weather, it is, it is tough. Now in fairness, this has been, I don't know. The wind has been terrible. We talked about that, but, kind of sort of been a little bit on the mild side like it's been a couple bam bam in your face storms yeah but on a day-to-day basis it, yeah, i don't feel like it's been too bad but still it's it's a whole world of difference living in florida and 70 80 degrees every day and coming back and uh you know coming back to this weather so hopefully it doesn't yeah. affect him negatively but
1: uh it's hard man like seasonal depression is a real thing um, i believe you it. don't you don't see the sun for long enough i think that's a, a struggle um I agree. It's been a bit of a mild winter in terms of like it's, it's not quantity. It's been uh, or it's been quantity right in the small amount of storms mm-hmm. that you've had. And then this l- last two things that we've had winter weather wise, it just seems weird to me. And that's the kind of trend I don't love right now about Buffalo weather. I'm happy to ride out climate change by the Great Lakes. Uh, I think Buffalo is relatively a good spot. I think if you're going to have natural disasters, snowstorms are ones that I'm comfortable trying to get through um so i think there's benefits to it but it's been weird dude that seven footer we got was strange like my power hasn't gone out of my house a whole lot here in the north towns um a couple years ago we got a rain that was like a record-breaking shattering rain every basement was flooded on my street all kinds of water problems uh, this I, these ice storms are weird to me. I haven't seen a lot of that. You get that in Maine, where I grew up. You get that along the coast all the time. Slushy, icy mixes that freeze. It's gross. Uh, that's not a Buffalo thing too much. That makes me think maybe the, like temperatures aren't consistent with where they're supposed to be, and the weather's still acting up. Those are the ones that get me weirded out, Pat. Um, yeah. I could live with regular snow all winter long and a little bit of shoveling, but it's the kind of weird anomaly weather that I don't, I don't love
2: that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, quick programming though, for everyone watching or listening. Not next week. Next week will be about free agency, 100% about free agency. We'll and, and it, today, yeah. we're going to make some predictions today. Have a little bit of fun on today's show. The week after, Wednesday, uh, March 22nd. And this will be the third straight year that Aaron's going to be on with me for this exercise specifically. We're going to do mock drafts, six of them. um, We kind of have a little bit of a twist every week. But I'll tell you. What what are
1: we going to use for mock drafts? Who's who's mock draft are you running? uh, we got to figure that out. Yeah, we're
2: going to have to figure that out. That's a good show topic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're going to have to figure it out. And we will figure it out. We'll find a way. We're going to do these mocks. And... For the casual fan, I think what we've done the past two years is very useful. You know, not everyone's studying these players. Not everyone knows a lot about these players, but they want to know. They just don't want to have to put in too much effort. And just by watching this show or listening to the show alone, there's a good handful of of prospects at positions that we feel, you know, that they might target that they'll learn a lot about. So it's it's a useful exercise. Here we mm-hmm. go with my voice again. For fans, I think it's also useful for us. Certainly for, it is for me. Yeah. Um, so we'll be doing that in, 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 like I said, in a couple of weeks, and we will have to figure out how to uh, how to do that. Wow, my voice is going again, man. I can feel it literally in real time as I'm talking to you. But uh, I'm going to power through this, buddy. Let's talk about – let's just dive into some football stuff right now. Let's do it. Um, so we're taping this – I need to preface this. We're taping this Tuesday morning. It's almost Early. a lock that we're going to – some news – is going to drop on Tuesday News has already been dropping said, this uh, morning
1: like, of Tags and certain things right. starting to come out So yeah, it's r- ramping up here
2: Let's start with uh, a couple things That happened on Monday Just quick thoughts, Derek Carr goes to the Saints Geno Smith, a three year $105 million deal with Seattle think, like Big money At least the first year anyway, up front Guaranteed uh, big money Some quick thoughts on those moves Um Saints one's weird like
1: I, I don't know where they're at because they're a case study for that like the cap is definitely not a real thing uh-huh. and that you can do it kind of whatever you want but there's also a case study for like they're also not a good team right now um, they had a good roster there for a while with the cap situation not being fantastic but now it just seems like they're unwilling to do what it takes to reset things and are okay maybe just being in the hunt there in the nfc south so i think this keeps them there i think this keeps them in the hey if the nfc south is not good and kind of in shambles again maybe we can win that and be a middling nfl franchise i do think this has been an interesting conversation here in buffalo this year that the way franchises and owners think about their sports teams is very different than how fans think about it and a great example pat you watch basketball you know i'm a bulls fan I'm pretty much like all the way out on the Chicago Bulls right now because I found out in an article from The Athletic, I believe it was from The Athletic, that there was a conversation of Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox and the Bulls years ago about the talking about the White Sox and saying like the best place to be as a sports owner is competing for the playoffs, but not being so good in winning that you have the expectations to maintain that level of success because you're you got the fan interest you're selling out you're selling seats you're sure. still making the playoffs you're getting all the extra money the TV stuff but you don't have the pressure from the media and the fan base to continuously maintain a level of success right now the bills are at that spot where it's hard to maintain that level of success and they haven't hit the pinnacle yet and so how we look at teams is uh, versus owners i think is really important i think it's something maybe fans should At least try to view with that lens. And if you're the Saints, you're willing to overpay to get a quarterback that's going to get your fan base somewhat excited that you could win the division. That's important for some of these teams, whether or not you think it's the right team-building thing. So I understand why a team – I knew there was going to be a market for Carr there. And then what was the other one in terms of the franchise tag? Geno
2: Smith. No, Geno Smith. Geno
1: Smith? He re-signed, yeah. That makes 100% sense for both sides. Good, one, for him, right? like, good, good for him. Like good for him. Fantastic story. I loved him as a prospect coming out. Uh, I thought that was the bill's answer to the drought and the quarterback situation. I think it just goes to show you that nothing's set in stone, right? Like his case is definitely not one that you want to hinge your future on and that a guy's going to pan out that far down the road. Right. But I think it does let us know, like some of the stuff is, it is possible for guys to turn around their entire image if they get in the right situation and so you still- can find a guy you can win with. And again, back to that success, I don't think Seattle thinks they are going to win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith, but they know they can get this fan base excited that they're going to go out and win some games and be in the hunt for the playoffs. And I think that's worth an investment right now until you figure out who's going to be that guy that gets you. So expectations of what is success in the NFL? I think the bar is way lower than the Super Bowl or boss fans want to say.
2: Geno Smith's a a really interesting case for me because sometimes it is the player. Sometimes the player's just not good enough. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the player doesn't put in the work. But sometimes it's the system. It could be the coaches. It could be the fit, the personnel around him. I mean, he was so bad with the Jets. Zach Wilson looked like Joe Montana compared to what Geno Smith looked like when he he played with the Jets. So to see the guy come from, you know, so far down playing for the league minimum for a few years just so he could stay in the league to, to getting paid. Uh, re- really good for him. Couple franchise tags Monday. Uh, running backs Josh Jacobs, um, Tony Pollard both got mm-hmm. tagged. Tight end Evan Ingram got tagged. No tag. And by the way, again, Tuesday, my expectation is something's gonna happen with Daniel Jones. By the time people are listening to this on Wednesday, either the Giants work out a long-term deal and, and they sign him, or he gets tagged. If they do work out a deal, then maybe Saquon Barkley will get tagged before the deadline. Not sure, but um. One non, you don't think so? I don't. I hate. I would not want to be in that situation. Do you? Oh, pay, pay Daniel Jones? Oh, I'd not. I wouldn't either. Ah. But he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. He's definitely going to get paid. Man, he's going to get paid for sure. Uh, here's a guy who I found interesting that wasn't tagged. Although it's not a surprise because they tagged um Tony Pollard, and I kind of want to point this question to you with the Bills. Dalton Schultz did not get mm-hmm. tagged, right? There's a good tight end free agent market right now. For me. You got Dalton Schultz, you got Mike Gusecki, you got Austin Hooper, you got Robert and you got Hayden Hurst. Those are just some of the, the good names. Sure. We're going to talk Bills more specifically here, but l- let me start here. There's a, if there is a position, this is my opinion, that I feel like the Bills might go bigger at that nobody sees coming or few people see coming. I get this strange feeling in my gut that the Bills really, and we've been saying it for a couple of years. I think the Bills really want to get a good, solid second tight end because it can really change up some of the packages that they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just me thinking, and you don't agree at yeah, all, um, which, which is no. fair. But can you see the Bills maybe going after a guy like say Tanyan or or Hooper, even Gasecki, Hearst, one of something like that?
1: Um. So. This one's a tough one for me. We kind of talked about it on Cover One Buffalo last week a little bit when we were doing our Goldilocks free agent, uh, where mm. who we were looking for uh, on the offensive side of the ball. This one's explain,
2: tough. Gold, explain Goldilocks because I did watch that show, but some people listen. So, to this, yeah, yeah,
1: Goldilocks, it's the story, right? Like, the porridge is too cold, the porridge is too hot. This one's just right. We're, I think the Bills are at a position, especially if I believe what I believe that they're going to go extend or re sign Tremaine Edmonds here uh, into a substantial deal that is going to restrict some of the things in the future they're going to be able to do. Uh, I think that they're up against a spot where they have to, in the free agent in terms of bringing in new free agents, really find value deals. And it's guys that are either of a certain age that haven't totally ascended yet, have shown some good stuff, but are still going to maybe be undervalued in the market. I think those are the spots they're looking to find. The Whoever loses games, Greg always likes to say, of musical chairs at certain positions where it's like, hey, this guy's got the right value and he just lost out on the market this year. There's always somebody. Sure. Bills really have to hyper-focus on some of those guys. So that's what we were settling on is usually every year we do a wish list of fits that we see kind of regardless of the cap situation. Here's the guys that we like the most for the Buffalo Bills in free agency. This year when we were kind of coming through our wish list, I was saying to Greg, like, I like this guy the most as a fit for the Bills, but we really, I really got to find a Goldilocks that makes more sense. So that's why we did it that way. Um, and then, so in terms of the tight end position, I don't disagree with you, Pat. And I think football philosophy wise, I'm in total agreement to me. This reminds me of last year with cornerback and bills did not invest early in cornerback for years and people wanted a more athletic guy. And we were just kind of like, yes, I agree. Uh, Those are things I want. I just haven't seen the bills do it yet. Doesn't mean they won't. But I haven't seen them make the investments that I would like to also see in this team. And so until they do it, I mean, they always prove us wrong. They went out and drafted Kyrie Elam. So it's totally in the cards. I think that's another thing that plays into this conversation with these free agencies. I do think it will probably be stocked up well in free agency. Some of those guys aren't going to end up getting paid. But I think teams are also going to kind of wait to see how this draft plays out. It's being talked up as a really good draft class for tight end. And you might be able to go get one on a rookie deal.
2: Uh, And then there's going to be some value in the free agency past the draft. One thing about the Bills offense that I know you and I are in agreement with is that neither of us feel this unit needs an overhaul. And I know, and again, I don't want to speak and make it sound like a majority of fans think they need an overhaul, but there's a fair amount who do. I think that's the most popular thing,
1: though, is getting Josh Weapons, I think is the most popular take that I'm seeing.
2: I just, I look at the roster and I look at tight end too. And I think they really wanted to upgrade a big time last year with OJ Howard just simply didn't work out at all.
1: They've tried. Um, they were in on Evan Ingram. They didn't feel- end up getting him. That was a guy they were in on. There's been report. I mean, there were, uh, there was a couple of, they were in on Gronkowski, right? They were trying to bring Gronkowski mm-hmm. in. Like they've, there's been rumblings behind the scenes of wanting to get that. Brandon Bean has spoken about being able to run 12 personnel more and having two tight ends. We know they successfully had that in Carolina. I think everyone understands football philosophy wise, that this makes sense uh to add another tight end i just well, my what do you thing think about
2: that, morris what do you think about morris that's their well, current second tight end right now
1: we can go into that because i think it comes back to where i'm at overall with weapons in terms of adding weapons in general to this offense my thing comes back to i really also need to see dorsey utilize the weapons they have that's my big thing this offseason sure. is i believe they have really solid weapons already including a tight end and like unless I can see him use a tight end one, like cool, get another one, get a tight end two. But till I see him utilize the guys you have, I'm not going to get too excited for what those players are going to do in our offense. Like you got to get Gabe. If Gabe's inconsistencies are what we, uh, most, the majority of us at cover one think they are. I think that's all stuff that can be schemed out of his game, right? Like if it's just inefficiency of the long ball, get him some better looks. Like you're just a lot of what we saw was a lack of creativity by the offensive coordinator to get guys in space to make Dawson Knox the second progression instead of the fourth more consistently because he's a playmaker and you want to get him the ball. And so I'm all on board for adding weapons. I think, it, I think you're right that adding a weapon as a tight end is a real sneaky way to do it and probably a low investment cost-wise way to do it. Um, I just, until I see Dorsey really
2: utilize the ones that they have, it's hard for me to get too excited about it. I want to bring up a guy because at the Combine... Rumors have been trickling about a couple guys who are on the trade block. And one of them is Derrick Henry. And normally, I don't pay much oh, money yeah. to these types Vaughn of, wants uh, it. Yeah, for sure. Well, yes, he does. And, and I saw that video. By the way, holy shit. I don't have the graphic with me, but Henry made Vaughn look small, man. That video. He's the, a big he, guy. He is a big boy. I Anthony do believe, Richardson's like as big as Derrick Henry. Yeah. Isn't that I, wild? It's crazy. Look, These guys, think, man. These guys. I, I think... I think... Henry's going to get traded. And that's why I'm bringing him up yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think Tennessee's on their way down in this conference. I think they've lost a lot. I think they're going to lose more. I could see them being a major player for Caleb Williams in 2024. Anyway, Derrick Henry on the block, on the surface, it doesn't feel like a fit, I don't know, football-wise, cap-wise. If the Bills, for an example, or any team for that matter, they trade for Derrick Henry, they're getting a 29-year-old guy one year, assuming there's no restructuring, you know, resigning right. or extension, one year would cost the team acquiring him about 11 million against the cap for this year. You look at a guy like that, it doesn't feel like a fit and a pass happy offense, but I can't help but think at least a little bit, man. You're going to play a nickel defense? Let's just, for the sake of fun, let's just say the Bills did do something we don't see coming and they did acquire Derrick Henry. You're going to play a nickel defense against against Derrick Henry? You know, you're only going to put six guys in the box? That's not going to probably work out for you well. I mean, it would have to change the entire offensive philosophy. And one other thing, too, Aaron, I think if there's one position that we've heard a lot of rumors about over the last few years, it's big game hunting with running backs. I and mean, we all the Bills have had interest in McCaffrey. They've had interest in Barkley. They had interest last year, reportedly, in Elvin Kamara. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see the Bills? I know Mike Silver, by the way, for what it's worth, said that he doesn't expect the Bills to be in on Henry. I don't know, though, man. What, what would you think about something like this? Uh, I I don't. I wouldn't like it. I mean,
1: no? I think there's a chance that Derrick Henry can go somewhere and have an impact and be that type of running back for a team. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's definitely not good asset allocation in use. Um, I'm probably a little bit more liberal with my use of cap and asset allocation. I'm getting pretty, uh, riled up folks about how much I'm willing to let them pay Tremaine Edmonds and two linebackers. Like that's all I understand. It's also not a great use of the cap if you had to pick exactly how you're going to build your team. Uh, but I trade him for a 29 year old back that has had some injuries in the past few years. Um, has put a lot of mileage on in his career. Like, I get he's built for that kind of mileage, and he might have some more left in the tank. And he looks fantastic, to your point. Like, I'm not going to knock the gaze an Adonis of a, a specimen, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's, it takes away from what the bills do best. It also takes away from my excitement of, I like the backfield as it is. I'd like to restructure Naheem Hines. I like James Cook. I want to get him the ball. I want that explosion. I want big explosive plays. I know Derrick Henry can give you that, but if you're putting him out on the field, you sort of tip your hand as to what you're doing, right? Like sure. what, the, what the game plan of the offense is. And I don't want the bills to be, Tip in their hand. I think that was a problem probably too often last year. This teams knew exactly what they're doing. So I don't know, man. I don't see the fit. I also see uh there was reports today. I don't know how legit they were. I didn't look deep into them that maybe Nick Chubb will be on the trade block too, trying to, with Cleveland trying to get out of a cap disaster. Uh that will probably lower a Derrick Henry's value in terms of that market. I think the free agency market is also gonna kind of interrupt some of this running back. I think there's gonna be ways to get those sort of Goldilocks. Guys that can come in and be a running back three and give you maybe the power on a really good cheap deal. Like a lot of guys are going to lose the game of musical chairs at running back. I think this year, I think there's an influx coming in the draft as always. There's a ton in free agency, and then you're going to get these aging guys that are available for trade. The market's going to be a mess. There's going to be great deals to be had, and that's where they should be shopping for the bills.
2: If Saquon Barkley happens to hit the market, could be interesting. I'm with you though, dude. I like James Cook an awful lot. I feel like. He's the kind of guy who could take a big, big step um, in year two. One other question, too, before we get to some free agency stuff. Are you worried about Stefan Diggs? And let me frame this the right way. He's not going. He's not getting traded this year. OK, so let's put yeah. that thought sure. out of reach. He's not going anywhere, even if he wanted to get traded. And even if the bill said, I want to trade you and neither that I don't think it's the case. But it, it, financially, it would just be a complete and utter disaster. But are you a little bit worried about Stefan Diggs becoming a, just to the point of unhappy? Like, let's just say next year, you know, the offense struggles a little bit early on or Stephon's not getting numbers. Are you starting to get a little bit of a sense that this could become a bigger problem going into 2023? Sure,
1: definitely. Uh, he's not the only one on the team that I'm worried about, too. Like, uh, there's a window in football four teams, four players to win a championship. And you you have a bunch of highly competitive guys on this team and in the coaching staff, frankly, that know that they see the window, they put in the work. I'm not mad at any single thing that Stefan Diggs said this offseason or just tweeted this offseason. Uh, I, I can, maybe I'm an idiot homer. I can wrap my head around every single thing he's done. I wouldn't handle myself that way, but whatever. I'm not Stefan Diggs. Like, I'm not that dude. Um, I do think the fan base probably has to have a bit of more of a conversation about the offense and about, we're just saying, Hey, add more weapons. But I think what he was kind of alluding to was more what we've been talking about. Like Dorsey needs to get guys involved. Josh Allen needs to make the right plays when those plays are available in the playoffs. Like that changes the entire conversation of this off season. We're probably not talking about Josh enough. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to perform here this year, but In terms of digs, like I do think in the future, you could see the team move on from when that becomes a little bit more financially viable, but he'll also age out of this offense. Um, I'm worried in the sense that if they don't start to figure some stuff out on the offense, he is going to get frustrated and rightfully so. Um. If they don't make the type of changes they need to make to win the big games when they come up, like I I don't think this is necessarily a this year problem. The bills will probably have regular season success. Uh, Everything will kind of feel good. But if you meet the same type of resistance late in the season and in the playoffs, I do think Diggs is going to get mad. I think he's going to tweet. I think he's going to want to get out of here and I don't blame him like the crazy thing about this Pat too, is the people that get most upset by a person doing this stuff are also the people that are the most mad after the bills lose and things like that. Like if you expect, you can be personally frustrated and be out on this team and tweet obscenities about the thing, everything, but you, the guys that put in the work every single week and put their entire lives 365 days a year into this to, to, to win those games, but then they can't have an emotional reaction. It's wild. Um, Stefan Diggs to me is the reason why people just give PR answers and everyone's mad that everyone just goes out and gives a PR response and does the PR stuff and just gives the team response. But when you actually say how you feel, there's backlash, no matter what it is, you're going to get 40 30% of the fans all riled up about whatever it is you say, if you actually speak your mind. So good for him. He should be frustrated. I think other wide receivers should be frustrated. After watching that Cincinnati Bengals game, I I was more frustrated with Josh than maybe I have been in a long time, and nobody's really talking about it. And that needs to get something that needs to get fixed in some of these real big games is they need to be able to make the plays, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. It's okay for that to get called out.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance.
2: All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Are you a little bit surprised right now? We are less than a week from the start of free agency and like about well, five days or so from the start of legal tampering period, which essentially right. is the start of free agency anyway. As of right now, and again, I keep having the prefaces because we're taping this early on Tuesday. As of when we're taping this, the Bills have done literally nothing to free up any cap room. I'm going to pull up a graphic real quick. This was from the uh, Cover One salary cap. Extravaganza, and the guys went through an exercise and showed how they can go from 16 and a half million over the cap to 50 million under the cap. Um, yeah, other than the Ed Oliver trade, which is on the screen if you're watching this, which would save them 10.8 million. I that's probably very far fetched, but everything else on air from the restructures of Josh and Vaughn Miller and Deion Dawkins, Trey White, um, Nahin Himes and McKenzie would be getting released under this scenario. Dequan Jones signs an extension. And Tim said, would take a pay cut. I think every single thing on there is very, very realistic for them to do. Should they decide that they want to free up that much money? But anyway, yeah, they can. And -hmm. you guys at cover one showed that they can. But are you a little surprised this close to things starting to get ready to cook that they've done literally nothing?
1: uh well first i want to say shout out to greg and all the guys that put together that i had nothing to do with the salary yeah. cap extravaganza i was just on a beach uh hanging out while they were Shilling. doing really good work uh and it it's, was, a, it it's was a, a service to fans and it um if you haven't seen it it's still fantastic to watch you should go back and see it it'll yep. remain relevant for some time here um i'm not surprised that we haven't heard the news i think the state what you said that They haven't done anything that's only what we've heard I think that they've definitely done stuff behind the scenes Uh, stuff's either been agreed to already and just hasn't been released they don't have to do it until the start of the league year on a lot of this stuff Uh, uh, this news will roll out at some point for some they're going to do some of them I don't know that they'll make Greg's whole list happen that's like best case scenario right Greg explains it every time like this is the maximum thing that I can get out of this, they will do what they need and some of it will come as the negotiation. They're not just going to do it to they have to get under cap for uh, the league year to start. They'll do some of that stuff just to get it right for the cap. But then some of this information will also come out as they see what happens in free agency. Like there's a lot of moving parts. There's no need to pull some of these coupons if you aren't going to be in on a free agent that you think so. So a lot of it will just kind of come as the news. The bills don't leak stuff like this is one thing we know. Uh, sometimes things come out. It seems to always be the agent side. It doesn't seem to be the Bills side. So uh, we'll get some information here over the next week, but I think that the bills absolutely have offers in place to guys that are already set to hit free agency that we haven't heard about. I think that they have these restructures in place with guys. They've talked to them and their agents exactly. You know, the Josh Allen one, it just makes sense. Like you saw Patrick Holmes take his in 2021. It was absolutely expected that the uh that the contract was structured in a way to make it look like one thing and, hey, we can give you some upfront money. The ones like Josh Allen, Trey White, Deion Dawkins, these make sense because you're invested in these players long-term anyway, right? Like Josh Allen, that isn't going anywhere. We don't want him to go anywhere. So we'll switch stuff around, get some more cap and pay him money now and make it harder later because it's Josh Allen. Like he's not going anywhere. So a lot of these make sense. I do expect them to happen. I expect that they've already come to agreements and it's just pulling the trigger when you need it.
2: Yeah, I agree, man, and it was really good stuff, and it was an interesting show over at Cover One. Very useful. All right, so there's a lot of Bills reagents. Not quite sure how many are considered impact players, but, again, we don't know what the Bills are operating with, ultimately. We know right now they ain't got shit to operate with, but we also know that they're going to make room. Right. Let's talk about a couple of these guys, and just going by from – the big one, of course, is Tremaine Edmonds. And going by from what you said earlier in this show, I don't want to say that you seem confident that they're going to re sign him, but you feel like they're going to. Don't Ultimately, when this is all said and done, and this is kind of a prediction show, we're throwing ourselves out sure. there a little bit. So we're kind of, we're, this is guesswork today. Sure. Um, it's all said and done. You think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be back in Buffalo? I think he.
1: As close Stop. as I'll get to, like, a uh, predicting something, um, yeah, man, I, I just, the way I view this team and the way I think the coaching staff thinks, it just all lines up to that the value they place on him is probably higher than anyone else they were going to go out and get. Uh, and I just, I think that it'll make fans maybe a little uncomfortable where the Bills have the value on that player uh, specifically. And I just, the hole seems too big, especially now that we're hearing rumblings more specifically that Sean McDermott is going to, take charge of this defense Sure. I think they know they're probably out on Jordan Poyer unless that free agent market for the safeties really bottoms out, which that could um, that's a, a something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. But if you're going to lose Jordan Poyer and you sort of already know that you're losing him, I, th- I think it's just too much for the bills to also take a loss of Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense with Sean McDermott taking it over. That adds pressure to Sean McDermott. I don't think he's willing to lose that much in one off season knowing that he's going to be responsible for how this defense performs in those big games.
2: You know what? I agree with you. I, I, I really truly do. They drafted this guy. They developed this guy. He's going to get overpaid. There's no question whether yeah. it's Buffalo or another team, Somebody's going to overpay them. But I think if there's a player that maybe you overpay to keep in the mix for the mm-hmm. next four to five years. And again, you worry about Matt Milano maybe in two years down the road, but I think you're going to, I think ultimately when it's all said and done, they're going to find a way yeah. and, they're, and they're going to lock up. Tremaine might be a little bit scary for a minute. Um, uh real quick
1: uh i know you don't have it on you the our guy adam he's one of our stat guys at cover one Sharpman pencil is his uh tag and he put out a graphic about how long guys take to reach their max production at positions and where they are in their primes and Tremaine edmonds is like right on the cusp of i don't yeah. know if he'll do it but he's right on the cusp of the time you want a player the most like you've invested into him and he's going to hit for the linebacker position, he's right there. So you're going to get him through what will be if he is going to be the guy that we have seen him be able to be. This should be the uh, opportunity for you to have him at his apex, right?
2: Uh, yes. Let's say this too. 12 months ago, you and I were having this discussion Tremaine Evans is an unrestricted free agent. I would have been like, see you. Because I thought 12 months ago that he was at least somewhat overrated. Sure. I was very impressed with him this past year. I He won the the best case the for
1: him was when he was gone. Right. Yeah. Minnesota yeah, game, true. that second half of the Minnesota game. Like they just got the move the ball on him with will in the passing game. I think that you don't know what you've got until it's gone. We've seen it. I don't know why people are clamoring for it. I understand why it's like, a. am torn on this and I'm torn on the value, but the people that are just, I'm all the way out. He doesn't make this team better, easily replaceable. We can live without him. Like, yeah, maybe you can get by, but I, I think it's a big hole. Um, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but right now, um, I think that's their top priority right now heading into next week.
2: I agree, too, and I know there's a lot of fans out there that are just like, screw the defense, let's just outscore everybody. We see a lot of that on Twitter. First of all, you and I are kind of on the same page where we think this offense is good enough as it is. And plus, they're still going to add. And I'll add, yeah. They're going to add. Um, like it or not, Sean McDermott is a defensive coach, and I just don't see him wanting to lose the quarterback of his defense if there's anything they could do to prevent it. So I just not
1: it's not a binary thing. Like you said, they can still add, I tweeted it out. You were, you had a thread going and uh, Then I tweeted out like you can pay Tremaine Edmonds, the uh, big contract that feels uncomfortable for everybody and still add to the offense in this off season. um, It's not a binary thing where one thing impacts the other as much as people are saying, like there's still going to be, there's weapons available even in the Goldilocks categories. Like there's stuff this offense can do. And we're talking about a really good offense still. Like I have beef with Dorsey, I'm frustrated with Josh Allen right now. Like, I'm frustrated they're not utilizing some of the guys that they have. But we're talking about a top five unit still. Like, let's let's frame it in the context of like where we're
2: really at. Uh, The other big name is Jordan Poyer. Okay, so now look, going by what he says on his podcast, for if you really kind of read between the lines, and of course what it what his wife tweets about all the time, it almost it feels like it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone. I don't believe that because. I think at least from Jordan's aspect, I, I think it's a little bit of posturing and tactics, you know, that he's trying to raise his value as best sure. he can to get the Bills to give him a good offer. I don't think he's ridden off the Bills. I think if no. the Bills did come with a an offer on par with another team, I think he certainly would resign. That said, do you think he's gone? I, I kind of am leaning yes because I, I think the Bills are at a point now where they got other things they want to do. It's not going to be easy to replace him because he is a great no. player. And last year, I feel like the injuries was a bit of an anomaly. Um, but his age does is a factor. Even, mm-hmm. without, even with the unknown with DeMar Hamlin, I still feel like somebody's going to give this guy a three-year, 30-something million-dollar deal, maybe the first two years, and then it's voidable about a third or something. But somebody, I, I feel like, is going to pay him. And I do believe, if nothing else, I do believe that he is going to uh, take the money. He ain't taking no discount, put it that way.
1: What do you I think? don't think, yeah, I don't think he's here for a discount in terms of what other teams are going to offer. And where the Bills might have any leverage in this will be if they're patient and watch the safety market. I think a lot of people league wide think this is a market that is also going to bottom out and not have the value that people think it will. Um, you might have high end value um, for uh, Jesse Bates, but I don't think everyone else is going to have the high end value. I believe Jordan is worth it. I believe that there's maybe a team out there that also thinks that and we will give him it. But there's a chance it bottoms out and that would give the Bills maybe leverage against some other teams where the tax situation isn't a huge advantage. The weather situation isn't a huge advantage. He's talked about those two things kind of being something he'd be interested in. Um, but that, that that's when winning and being back with Micah and being back with guys that you've played with maybe matters more. And so maybe it's not the deal that he was anticipating in free agency, but he gets a chance to finish what he started here. You can sell yourself on that leverage idea. But I do think there will be a situation that plays better for him personally and where he's at and what he's trying to achieve uh, will be available to him and he should take it. Um, Also, I think if that plays out for the bills where they, the situation where they would have the leverage, it could also hurt Jordan in that there's uh, some other guys with maybe younger, lower cap hit that you could get in that maybe aren't as big of a project as a rookie, but are uh, what Jordan Poirier was when you got him a guy that is maybe an ascending player. When we, they brought Jordan Porter and Micah Hyde. And these were players that were primarily special teams, just becoming starters at positions. Uh, uh, Micah Hyde wasn't even really a safety yet, right? Like he was playing some nickel, playing a little bit of safety. They didn't really know what to do with them in green Bay. These were guys that weren't huge home run free agent signing. So I, if there's a spot that I have faith, even without Leslie Frazier, that Sean McDermott uh, can scout, evaluate and find good fits for his defense. I do think it's in the safety position. We saw DeMar Hamlin, He's not a high-round prospect. Like, this isn't a guy that was supposed to come in and be a starting safety. Played pretty well as a starting yeah, six safety round a young, a young, young player. Six yeah, round pick, like, yeah. we see him do it time and again. Fans don't like Dane Jackson, but Dane Jackson played at an acceptable, adequate cornerback level as a seventh-round pick, put in some big spots and big games, and performed well. Like, yeah. th- that isn't nothing. So if there's a spot, you can find some value-free agents or even value draft picks and turn them into something. I have faith that it is at the safety position.
2: You know, despite the Bills collapses in their elimination playoff losses these last three years love the mindset that i think this defense is is good enough if if they could to, to run it back i really I, I truly do I, I give me trey white back a full off season closer to 100 percent. give me Mike a year back two, there. Give high or two career vine will be back at some point maybe that's resolve. the one that
1: scares me is when is vaughn back and you don't sure. have a quick twitchy guy. I think if you, maybe you can find, I don't know when, if we're going to talk about that, like uh, even a Melvin Ingram, some aging vet that you can milk a little juice out of till Vaughn gets back. Cause I don't know when that's going to be.
2: I agree a hundred percent. That said, you if, if they have an opportunity to bring back Tremaine and Poyer, even if it means you don't get an explosive player on offense that a lot of people are craving, I'd rather have Tremaine back and Poyer if possible for what it's worth. I, I do like Poyer. I, I would love, love to see him come back for another, uh, two years one area of this team i think that's going to take a hit that no one talks about because it's not really all that important but you look at this free agent list and there's some pretty good core special team players that might get paid somewhere else um tawan jones Matekovich is a free agent the punter sam martin is a free agent jake kumro is a free agent so a lot of key guys on special teams are free agents Mm -hmm. it's not gonna you know they're not gonna break the bank anywhere else either but uh I don't know, they might lose a couple of these guys, so they might take a little bit of a hit on special teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe you locked up Saran Neal. I think that's your like core guy that Tywan Jones was. He'll be your probably main mm-hmm. captain. Um, you've got uh what is it? Terrell Bernard. You've got that is supposed to be that guy Balen Specter you drafted to come in and be that yeah. special team. So I think you got some guys in the waiting or on deck circle prepared for to maybe move on from some of the vet dudes i don't anticipate all them being back i think they'll resign the punter Sam Martin. i think that's a will be an easy no-brainer for them i don't think he'll break the bank uh but then in terms of uh, kumro would be one that actually i would like to get back i'm higher on him than fans are i have a hot take that everyone's so high on isaiah hodgins i'd like isaiah hodgins i think if kumro and hodgins were on the giants kumro would have sort of similar production and be targeted in the way that Hodgins was. Hodgins capitalized on an opportunity that Kumro hasn't even had. Um, I'm higher on him. And I think he could be that really solid across from Saran Neal dude, and then fill in with the rookies that you've had. Uh, But yeah, I could see him losing a guy like that too. If, if Rogers goes to the jets, he might finally get his guy Kumro back. Who knows? (laughs) Devin Singletary, we barely even talk about him. You think he's gone? i think he is um the only scenario i'd like the player i would bring him back i think his his market will bottom out he won't get a deal um i think his value would be fine for the bills i just don't know if you could bring him back as running back three and that's where i'm at right now like i do like him and i like when he gets a lot of touches but i like what the other running backs on the team right now offer more where i don't want him to come back and be running back one a or b I, i want james cook naheem hines to get looks get touches so the running back i'm looking for in free agency is is really a guy that can maybe provide something that's different which would be some power some short yardage stuff and that you don't need to roster or uh, for the game day active roster spot if you don't want to maybe a special teams type guy
2: i'm ready to move on from him because i don't want anything to happen if it ain't going to be saquon barkley or derrick henry sure high i end, want james go yeah. to be my my my, yeah. my i don't want to say the the bell cow back because You tweeted about this. I think that word's kind of played out at this point in the NFL. But anyway, yeah, I don't want Singletary back, not because I don't like him. I just really like James Cook a lot more. Let me run off uh, uh, a couple of other bills pending free agents as we tape this and tell me if you have interest in bringing these guys back. You got the wide receiver. You got Jamison Crowder. Offensive Mm -hmm. line, Roger Sappho. Please don't tell me you don't want him back. I I don't want to hear that. Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. Those were the two other guys. I don't really... I don't think AJ Klein's worth mentioning. All right, so we'll go Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, and uh, Jamison Crowder. Do you see the Bills bringing back any of them? Would you prefer to see any of these guys back? Um, I can see all of them
1: coming back. I think this offseason, this free agency period is going to be more heavily run it back than fans are going to like. Um, I agree. I think that the Bills are feel they're closer uh, than it indicated in that last football game. So we'll see more run it back than we want. I do. There are like I could replace Shaq Lawson with a Yannick and Joku, I think in free agency and be excited about that. Maybe it helps what I'm thinking about with Von Miller being out for a little while, where you can get a guy that's shown pass rush production in place until Von Miller gets in. And then he adds into a nice defensive rotation. Jordan Phillips. I like when he was healthy, uh, that was a nice part of the rotation in the interior defensive line. I thought he was as good as Oliver early in the
2: season before. Yeah, he had, he
1: had an important role. I would also be okay with not, uh coming back with running that back and maybe getting another one tech type guy that can mm-hmm. actually be a one tech where if something happens with Daquan Jones you have more of that versatility and keeping Ed Oliver with a one tech and using another penetrating three tech type guy. But I, I could see Shaq and Phillips being just the full run it back on that defensive uh line. I think People are not as high on Greg Rousseau maybe as they should be in terms of the pass rusher that he is. He's a very effective pass rusher. So if they can get something out of who, A.J. or Basham to be somewhat of that guy on third down to help him out, I think you can get through with, with maybe Vaughn's injury going the full year.
2: Um, one other position I wanted to hit on is the backup quarterback. Fortunately, it hasn't been that important of a position, but whenever you got a guy like Josh Allen Who's one hit away, one injury away, and we almost saw it last year. I I feel like probably should have seen it. QB two, yeah, QB two can be potentially an important. Well, it's an important position for any team, but especially a a team like Buffalo. Let me run off. So you got Case Keenum, of course. Sure. Let me run off a handful of um, potential backups here, because I'll tell you what the backup list is a pretty deep list. Some some pretty recognizable names that are Mm -hmm. due to be free agents right now. Marcus Mariota. Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, um, Annie Dalton, then of course, Keenum. Any of these guys specifically interest you that you think would be a really good fit here? Yeah, I said on our cover one Buffalo show, Marcus Mariota
1: for me was my Goldilocks. Like he's, he's going to be 30 years old going into the season. I think we know who he is league wide. And he is kind of, he is going to be a career backup. I think for pretty good teams, he'll get some good runs with multiple teams throughout the years i don't know that the bills will be in on him he i don't he doesn't have necessarily a relationship with josh but that's why you have matt barkley matt barkley's guaranteed to be on this practice squad he's going to hang out in buffalo he'll be part of this team so you already got kind of josh's friend i think Mariota gives you a guy that i feel confident could do some things in a one to two week period which is about all that you can really ask if it's more than that like things are kind of screwed and we're hoping that everything will be fine once Josh comes back. But uh, you want to be in a position where a guy can maybe just keep the ship right. And the problem with me with a Keenum, the drop off athletically and uh, at his age, what he can do on the football field is so significant to a Josh Allen. Like Mariota still gives you some athleticism where it's a bad offensive line or for any backup. I think there's a bit of a drop off in terms of processing the game, whether you're just coming in off the bench or you just haven't played in a while processing is going to be a little different I think athleticism matters and so I don't want to do the aging thing like Andy Dalton who's just going to be a statue back there that can move chains a little bit I want to get a guy that can make some plays and maybe keep the offense looking somewhat similar consistent to where you were with Josh Allen and for me I think Mariota is a good fit in terms of he's not going to come in and push Josh Allen as a starter he's got reps as a starter he's played pretty well at times as a starter so it all lines up just right and now he's aging out of that hey, could he come be our, our guy or be a real bridge starter? I think Jacoby Prezette is probably the real sought-after bridge in the situation, or Sam Darnold maybe even uh, in this offseason. So I've settled on Mariota as a good one, but I can see a lot of these guys. Just, again, whoever loses this game in musical chairs, if you're going to the backup, we're kind of screwed anyway.
2: One last question regarding the Bills here, and then we'll get uh, wrapping up. We both agree that I think Tremaine Emmons would be the big splash if they were to bring him back. And and I think there's a decent chance that that does happen as well. But whether that does or whether it doesn't, if there's one guy out there who is a name guy, whether it could be on the offense or the defense, that you think at least semi-realistically, you could see the Bills finding a way to land. Give me one name. Get, let's give fans a little bit of hope here over these next five, six days. It doesn't have to be a huge name, but just somebody, a, a notable guy, whether it's a receiver, a tight end, a lineman, Somebody on the defense, just throw a name out there that you could see landing with the Bills realistically.
1: I will toss back out the bait of Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, I think Bills' wide receiver coach has been connected to him in multiple stops. They want somebody that can do that inside-outside. Odell's still coming off an injury, I don't know what his value will actually be, but if he would come in at a modest, maybe again, more uh, uncomfortable than fans want to pay for the player at his age, I still think there's some meat on the bone if he can get a good connection with Josh Allen in that slot type role. I think he could be pretty dangerous in this offense. I think he's just a jerk. The plain video was kind of enough for me, like regardless of what happened that led to all that stuff, the way he responded to that old guy was just being an asshole. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I don't have to be friends
2: with him for to come help this team win a ring. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh jerks, this is not a question for you, but rather a uh a quick prediction of myself. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion and he's gonna go to the Jets. I'd I be stunned I'll be stunned if he is not a New York Jet sometime between now and next maybe Tuesday or uh or Wednesday, I, I, I would be stunned, man. I, I really hope this adjust. plays
1: out of him just dicking them around for the next like three weeks, and then he's he finally just decides to hang it up and he screws over everybody. Um, <laughs> I just think, I don't know. I'm over him. I'm over the attention that he commands. I get it. He's one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen throw football. I respect Aaron Rodgers. What he's done on the football field. I've been amazed watching him for years. I'm just over like the darkness retreat and like, really I got to like, dude, just keep it to yourself and let us know what you decide when you decide, but I'm over the coming on podcast and enlightening us with his, I hate him. Like, yeah, I'm just over it, dude. I, I think it, I, he's not for me. And I think that th- there's a reason that teams were out on him. He exceeded uh, his attitude. Not a lot of guys can do that. Um, right. but dude. I'm just sick of this.
2: Fucking guy. I'm over. I'm over it as well. One last thing here. And then we'll wrap up with our finish the sentence, little game that we play. Give me a team, not players, throw a guess out there. Remember when Rex Ryan said the Bills won the offseason? Every year it seems like a team wins the offseason. Last year it felt like the Jacksonville Jaguars won the offseason. They signed a shitload of guys. Throw a team out there that you feel like when this is all said and done, we're going to be talking about this team. This team won the offseason. Obviously we're guessing there. I
1: hope that it's the Chicago Bears. Could
2: be. They got the most cap room in the. They league. got a
1: lot of cap room. Draft I capital. I think they have good people in charge. It looks like they're going to get a good deal. They're playing this one number one pick thing pretty well. I think in terms of leveraging sure. the value for that, I think they're going to be able to get some immediate talent if they don't. If they don't blunder this whole thing, it could be a really impressive offseason for them. And I'm in on Justin Fields. I really like him. I like Iberflus as a coach. I think they had a a little bit of a learning curve they had to get through that last year. Nobody expected much out of them. And I'm a big believer in, um, while I love, I'm love, i a fan of a small market team, I love it. It's better for the NFL if Chicago's a good competitive team. And I, if sure. Rogers isn't back to Green Bay, like that NFC North's a little bit weird. I would love it if it was Chicago and the Detroit Lions like battling out for the NFC North title. I think that's good football. And football's better when teams like the Bears are better.
2: I agree. I think Chicago might be the most active team or the team that gains the most. Again, having the most cap room and also having the first pick of the draft, which they're probably going to trade and pick up some assets. The other team is the team that you just mentioned too, Detroit. I think Detroit's hmm. got a pretty good team right now. They got good cap space. They got two picks in the first, I believe, 12 of the draft. So they got two first round, or not two, two in the first 12. I know they got two first round picks though. So they're going to do a lot. I think when this offseason's over, people are going to be uh, high on them, I, the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions, you talked about the Jets being one of the better rosters in football,
1: like go to, if the Lions get a legitimate quarterback, I think that's the best roster, like young roster that could be, holy cow, where the, like, I think they already started like getting some fans and people sure. liking what they were doing. But if they insert a quarterback there with the talent that they have and the way they play, that would be a holy cow, like watch out yeah. for this team.
2: Sure, for sure. Shout out Joe Yerdin, big uh, Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. Right, let's get- I want success for Detroit. Yeah, for me sure. too. It's fun. It's fun. For, it would be fun if they're good. All right, so let's get to our finish the sentence. Three questions every week. Chance to get for people to get to a little bit, know a little bit more, I should say, about Aaron and, and myself mm-hmm. as well. Uh, let's get going here. Yes. So if by law you weren't allowed to be a Bills fan and you had to pick a new team to passionately follow, it would be blank. And again, you can't say you don't care. You have to care. about. No, I am going to say I
1: don't care, but I will answer it still. But I had this. I already came to this answer when there was questions about whether or not the bills would remain in Buffalo. And if the bills went somewhere else, Toronto, even Toronto, I may have been able to get on with Toronto anywhere else. I was out like and I would still be a football fan. I would be an NFL fan and I would just have no allegiances. I already set that in my brain because it was a real possibility. But for the sake of your show, I'll answer if uh, I would stay in the Great Lakes. I think there's something about Great Lakes cities, um, Rust Belt cities that I think breeds a special type of football fan. Uh, it's different here. Uh, and I so I'd maybe stick with, it would come down to the Browns who I might not want to be a fan of them now because I hate Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't want any part of rooting for that guy. I think he's a scumbag. Uh, but then the Lions what we just talked about, I think it would be cool to be a fan of the Lions. They're similar to the Bills. Whether or not we want to admit they've not had a great run in their history. Probably a little more bottom end than the Bills have been uh, throughout their history. But I think there's something about being the likable loser that is endearing to me. And Great Lake City's got that in spades.
2: I probably would pick the New York Giants. It would be more of an homage homage to my dad and his whole side of the family. They're all in New Jersey and they're all big Giants fans so uh Mm -hmm. I I probably for that reason alone would uh go with the Giants all right two more here my favorite non-sports podcast or talk show is
1: so I'm gonna cop out a little bit on this one it used to be Norm McDonald's show used to love uh his like web show yeah Uh, we'd have other comedians on it great stuff I still watch it from time to time but there's no new content obviously rest in peace Norm Uh, So without that, my favorite podcast I probably listen to that's not bills or related is the Huberman lab. It's a dude, Andrew Huberman. He's a uh, neuroscientist at Stanford University. Really interesting dude. He just talks about ways to like improve sleep, improve your brain, like focus more, whatever it is. If you work out, he talks about the bio, you know, the physiological stuff that's going to make that better. So it's, uh, I like that kind of stuff. Um, and it's super interesting, the, the science side, he's not really giving you opinions. It's all fact-based, uh, peer reviewed journalism. And he's just showing, sharing the information with you in a way I'm not a college student. I'm not a smart scientist. He shares it with you in a way that you can consume it and try to do some
2: things to better your life. I, um, I'm a big fan of the office. So I've listened to the office ladies cause they're really good recaps and interviews of, of all the office episodes. The other one, which is running now and it's kind of sort of new is the always sunny podcast. If you like to show always good. sunny in Philadelphia, it is great, dude. Those three guys get together. They're funny, but you also see their real life personality as well as the characters they play. And they are really in depth man. they drop a lot of inside knowledge about all the episodes that they do. They go through it episode by episode, just like a lot of these TV show podcasts do great show. I, I really enjoy it uh, a lot. Oh, like this last one, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I've had a, uh, a couple of days to think on this and I still hmm. can't come up with an answer that I think is a good one, but I'm going to ask you. And again, for people out there watching, listening, I'd like to hear from you as well, if you were taking over for Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert, you could have your own talk show and you could have literally anyone as your very first guest. You want to make a great impression your first night on late night TV. Who's your guest going to be?
1: So it would have been, again, I'm going to cop out. It would have been Norm Macdonald because he the absolute greatest sure. guest in the history of talk show. I mean, if you don't know, go YouTube Norm Macdonald at whatever. Conan Letterman kills it every time. He's the perfect person for that. Uh, if I was going to have a guest, I came down to really three ones for me. Pat, mm-hmm. that is, so there's again a cop out. It'd be I have David Letterman himself. I think he's one of the most interesting dudes. I would love great. to be have him on the other side of that. Um, Rick Rubin or Quincy Jones. I think the dudes that have just amassed been around so much talent have great stories to tell about just exactly what you want to talk about.
2: Those are all really good ones. I thought of a couple too. Scarlett Johansson, just because I've been obsessed mm. with her forever. I know you think she's a little bit overrated and quite frankly, so do I, but I still think Beyonce is a fascinating personality. It would sell. It would sell. sell. I'd love to have her on. I think I land on Tom Hanks though, man. His career to me has just been absolutely fascinating going from a TV sitcom to what he became. I think he's kind of low key, funny, great storyteller. So I would go with, uh, that's a good one. That would go with Tom Hanks. All right, guys, going to get out of here. That's going to do it for today. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, 716 cover one. Buffalo podcast. Well, Wednesday nights you guys are on still right now during the off season. Every yes, Wednesday sir. night. And you're also doing Twitter spaces on Friday mornings. Friday mornings. Well. The show. Uh,
1: this show. Doing it all, man. Maybe more coming. <laughs> I don't know. We got We're always making more
2: content. So stay tuned. All right, guys. Take care. And I will be back. Um, brand new episode Friday. I'll be taping it Thursday night live from Imperial Pizza with Tyler Dunn. Talk to you guys soon.